Hi, y'all. With this particular interview, I interviewed Kellen, who has had a interesting career working in the energy space, but then left that and became an entrepreneur, is a coach, um, has written a lot of books, I think uh, 18, 19 books, with a lot of them appearing on Amazon's bestseller list. Um, was very successful in his career, but, you know, also had to kick a drug habit and changed his mindset. So I know there's a lot of people out there that always wants to, you know, be able to make money off of what you love to do. So we discussed it and we went on to discuss a lot of other things, a lot of gems in this interview. So y'all make sure y'all tune in. And as always, you can support Bank Dot Radio Show across various social medias. And if you want to financially support, go ahead and subscribe. So I threw away a thousand dollars worth of stuff that I had laying around drugs. And I quit cold turkey that day. Oh, the refugee, right? Much like in a startup. Yes, man. And, and let's get some of our old soldiers back out. Musicians to be professional. They know how to talk. To help them wake up happy. It's not about a rectangle and a price. All right, y'all, tune in for another episode of Bank Dot Radio Show. I'm your host, Andres, and I have a special guest coming, my second guest of the new year, 2024. We have Kellen Lukiger. <laughs> Congratulations. Like well done. <laughs> Thank you, Kellen. Uh, Kellen has had an impressive career, y'all, so I'm going to go ahead and read off some of these accomplishments. I, I can't wait to accomplish stuff like this. Had a 30-year career in the energy industry, the C-suite positions in the U.S. and Canada. Behind the scenes, you know, he's dealt with depression, addiction, and a near-death experience and lived to become a beacon of light. I love that. Uh, for the last 15 years, Kellen has built a worldwide coaching practice seeking those who are committed to becoming the best versions of themselves. Has written 18 books, many of them being number one Amazon bestsellers, Recorded 82 songs, uh, performed with the three times number one Billboard chart and choir in Phoenix, Arizona, performed to sold out audiences in the top music halls of America, uh, is the host of uh, Ultimate, Your Ultimate Life on LA Talk Radio, and that's every Tuesday, so y'all can uh, tune in to that. Uh, has been on uh, network TV and on demand executive producer and host of creative creatives save the world. And you had a goal for 2023. I want to ask you about this. Uh, your goal was to help 50 million people to discover, develop and serve their gifts and talents and to create their own version of your ultimate life. Were you able to meet that goal? Well, yes. And here, here's the interesting thing. My year starts October 14th. Okay. So the goal actually was October 14, 2022 to mm -hmm. October 14, 2023. And we set a goal of reaching 50 million people. Mm -hmm. And it was through our own podcast and, you know, shows and other people's shows and coaching that I do and books and everything. And we didn't really have any idea how we were going to do that. And we just set mm -hmm. a goal because that felt like I felt called to do that. So we set it mm -hmm. and got busy. And uh, as the year went along, we started adding up audiences and we ended up with an audience total reach of 75 million by this last October. So we made it. And here's the fun thing. So mm -hmm. this last October, we set a new goal. And the goal for this year, which is last October to this coming October, is 250 million. And Ooh. like last year, we have no idea how we're going to do that either. <laughs> but we're going to make it happen. And the goal is to help people just like you mm -hmm. realize how important, how powerful, how capable you are. Mm -hmm. And to then live into that and do something with it instead of just, you know, complain and settle for mediocrity and all that kind of stuff. I love it. I, I love when people set ambitious goals. Uh, was there? there is a saying that uh, I ran across where it says, if your goals don't scare you, then they're not big enough. I so. love that. <laughs> I love it. Do you have goals that scare you? Yes, I do. Uh, recently, you know, gotten out of my slump of, you know, feeling, you know, like you said, going through depression and things of that nature. And yes, my goals are very ambitious. 
Um, I want to be able to accomplish them. Like you said, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I just know I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do it. <laughs> I love it. And the first thing I want to do, Andreas, is I want mm -hmm. to honor you, really, because putting on a podcast and doing the work that you're doing is a labor of love. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of effort, a lot of energy, mm -hmm. and you're doing it to bless people's lives, to bring messages of, you know, hope, growth, whatever mm -hmm. it is. But it takes a lot of work and a lot of commitment and a lot of uh, dedication. And so I just honor, really, people that are putting in the kind of effort and energy and mm -hmm. heart that you are to your work. So thank you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. And that is very genuine and authentic. And it's, it means a lot coming from a person like yourself. So I wanted to get into the conversation by starting off. I know that you had the near death experience and I was uh, doing a little research and I know that uh, it wasn't just something that happened all of a sudden, but it took on like the momentum and got you to that point. So going through that, is that what like, pushed you to become super ambitious and wanting to, you know, touch so many lives? No. Isn't that fun? Mm -hmm. uh, it's too, it was, it was, there were two, I've had multiple divine interventions. Like I mm -hmm. lived that 30 year career from mm -hmm. 1977 to 2007 and was made all that kind of money. And I was a big shot, big deal and everything. But I was also behind the scenes, uh, struggled with depression, addiction. I was in and out of rehab, Attempted suicide twice and mm. a bunch of really bad stuff. I was married and divorced three times. That was like on the outside, it was like big shot stuff. And behind the scenes, it was like an ugly battlefield. Mm -hmm. And in 2007, I had a divine intervention. And I call it that because several things happened that just can't be explained that invited me to change the, my direction. So, and I can tell the story if you want or not, that's up to yeah. you, but it's in, uh, <clears throat> do you, should I tell that story or not? Yeah, I, I love when people tell those stories. I like to look. I like to sit All back right. and listen. So, he, here's here's August of 2007. I'm just finishing up 30 years. I'm in a super high position, consultant. I'm making so much money. My three thousand dollar a week cocaine habit doesn't matter. Oh wow! And yeah, that I'm a single dad for the mm -hmm. third time. Four of my ten children are living with me. Three were grown up and married. Mm -hmm. And four were with me and three were with one of my three ex-wives. And that's mm -hmm. ugly to say, but it's true. So <clears throat> I came home on a Friday night mm -hmm. in August and I was going to go out party for the weekend. I had four kids with me, but, you know, I had enough money, whatever. It didn't matter. I was a lousy dad, but I had a lot of money. So it fixes all that. And I was going to go out and party. And all of a sudden I felt like I needed to turn on the television. Now, that doesn't sound like anything, mm -hmm. except I picked up the remote and realized I didn't know how. Mm -hmm. I wasn't a TV watcher and I'd bought all that, you know, big screen and everything for kids and their friends, but I looked at it. So anyway, my 16 year old daughter, she punched some buttons and threw the remote at me, dip weed and left the room. Mm -hmm. It landed on a program that I'd never heard of. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know if it's on anymore because that's 16 years ago, but it's a program called Intervention, mm -hmm. which is a reality TV show about families who stage interventions for busted loved ones. You know, mm -hmm. counselors or priests or mm -hmm. whatever, they lure them somewhere and then they like, like mm -hmm. confront them nicely to try to help them. <clears throat> well, the protagonist was a high ranking executive with a cocaine problem. Mm -hmm. So I watched my life on screen for about 10 minutes and I said, yeah, screw this. I'm not watching it. So I turned it off when did some other stuff. <clears throat> and before I could leave the house, I just felt compelled to turn the TV back on again. This is after, I don't know, 20 or 30 minutes or something. Mm -hmm. and I, this time I knew how, so I turned the TV on again, and that program started over. And no, I don't have a DVR or a recording device, and no, it wasn't on the schedule, and no, it can't do that, but it did. Mm -hmm. So I was freaked out, and so I watched the program, and it was a half an hour, and it went badly, and the guy yelled at his family and swore he didn't have a problem and stomped out of the intervention. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> But it freaked me out. So I went to bed instead of going out to party. When I went to bed, I went to hell. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is it, it felt like I was somewhere out of body. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was like in a theater. And I was watching scenes from my life. And <clears throat> I was raised in a, a very religious but abusive family. The discipline today would be felony child abuse. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and it was all focused around what you're, quote, supposed to be doing. And so that was the genesis of the reason that I'd struggled for my entire life with depression. I'd never gotten any help. And those days you didn't talk about that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. just suck it up and, you know, the drill. So I watched and the scenes were all, you know, suffering that had been inflicted on me as a kid all those years all up through the suffering I had inflicted on everybody else as a lousy marriage partner and a drug addict and, you know, all the things that had been terrible from my life. Anyway, it went on for a very long period of time. And after a long time, a voice said, it is enough. So I woke up and I was disoriented because the sun was shining in the window and the windows faced west. Mm-hmm. I got up and realized that it was five o'clock Saturday afternoon. So I'd been somewhere nearly 18 hours. And I also realized that I'd been invited to change. Now I'd never gotten any help mm-hmm. or done anything. I just was isolated emotionally for all these years. I'm 52 years old. And I realized, okay, I've been invited to change. And I had no idea where to start, what to do, who to talk to, how to do anything. But I knew, okay, I'm done. Mm-hmm. So I threw away $1,000 worth of stuff that I had laying around drugs. And mm-hmm. I quit, cold turkey that day. That got me sober, but it didn't do anything about how I got there, which is the self-loathing and the self-sabotage. And all the, you know, I'd wrecked several career opportunities and then built it again. And because mm-hmm. of this convic- conviction that I'm not good enough, right? I don't mm-hmm. deserve this. So <clears throat> that part was part two of the divine intervention. So Monday I went back to work. I didn't really have a job. I managed a bunch of contracts and it was a big shot, blah, blah, blah. So because of the position that I had and the decisions that I made, I used to get a lot of free stuff. Mm-hmm. you know, free tickets and free box seats to this, that, and the other. And one of the things I got was a free pair of tickets to see a, a Yo-Yo Ma concert. Mm-hmm. Now, if you know classical music, you know who that is. And if you don't, you don't. But in the classical world, that's like, mm-hmm. okay, he's the greatest classical cellist that ever breathed there. So I thought, oh, wow. And there were $1,000 tickets. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, oh, I'd be ashamed to waste this other ticket because I didn't have anybody to take. So I asked, in the groups that I managed, who who likes classical music? And there was a lady in one of the groups that said, well, uh, I do. And I asked her, well, have I ever given you anything before? Because I gave away stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. And she said, no. I said, okay, fine. See you there. So I gave her the ticket. We met at the venue. Concert was spectacular. And as of the concert, I'm now two and a half weeks stone cold sober. Mm-hmm. And so partway through, the concert was amazing. And I knew it would be. Halfway through, I had this feeling come over me that I recognized from two weeks before. Mm-hmm. And this voice said to me, <clears throat> you need to marry this woman. And I said, you're insane. <laughs> I said, I've screwed that up three times officially and some other atrocious messes in between. Uh-huh. Not happening. I don't know how to do this. Not not happening. So later that night, uh, we were backstage because they were $1,000 tickets, backstage passes and tickets to the reception and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And the voice came back and said, Pama, and you need to tell her tonight. And then I really went crazy in my mind. Mm-hmm. I said, well, there's a couple of real problems with that. Number one, I don't know her well enough. I mean, she works in my groups. I know her, but I didn't, I know her, but I don't know her well enough. I don't know if she has a relationship. I don't mm-hmm. know. And, and, and besides that, she could like call the cops or something for mm-hmm. harassment. Yeah, I said, you know, the, no, 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 this is not happening. But you don't win those arguments. So I did. And it went about like you would have expected. She asked if I was insane and she left. I mean, we hadn't come together. So, you know, she left. Mm-hmm. But the good news was <clears throat> she didn't have a relationship, which I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And she didn't call the cops or HR or whatever. Right. Yeah. Over the next two and a half weeks or so, she had her own set of experiences. And about two or three weeks, about three weeks after the concert, she resigned her entire career. And I walked away from millions of dollars of contracts. Mm -hmm. And we walked off into the sunset together. And last month, we celebrated our 16th wedding anniversary. Mm -hmm. And as amazing as that story is, the important part is she was literally the angel 
with the sole contract to come and help me learn how to be a person, mm -hmm. how to tell the truth, how to have a friend, how to be a friend, all the things that I'd never learned, even being married three times. Mm -hmm. And so that was the abrupt change. I walked away from everything I'd ever done after 30 years and started over in 2007. Mm -hmm. And we've been on that journey ever since. And the, you know what the most fun part about that is? Learning yourself? Her, na her name is Joy. Oh, really? Wow. Like you cannot make you this stuff make none up. Of that up. Okay, so <laughs> that was that was the abrupt change uh -huh. that had nothing to do with dying. My near-death experience was 11 years later in 2018. And that's a different story, but that was the divine intervention that changed my life, that mm -hmm. offered the invitation, and this is important. Every single person listening to your show right now, including you, know that we receive those nudges, those intuitions, those feelings that we ought to do something. Mm -hmm. And here's the opportunity, and mostly we beat them down, ignore them, or explain them away. Mm -hmm. And that was the invitation. It didn't fix anything. I had to do all the work to get sober. I had to go see counselors. I had to address depression and stuff that I'd been struggling with my whole life mm -hmm. that I'd never done. But it was the invitation mm -hmm. that I finally said yes to that got me started on this path. And it required that I walked away from everything I'd ever done and start over. Mm. So that was the beginning of where I am today. And I've been now on that path for 16 years mm -hmm. and loving every moment of it. And I didn't answer any of your question about dying, but that's a different <laughs> story that happened in 2018. I like that story better. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, like you said, we have to listen to ourselves and we have to listen to those nudges. And I've been listening to a lot of my nudges here lately, but in the last few months. And I've been, like you said, you still got to put it in work, but you see where it starts this new journey in your life and that, you know, it's going to lead to something else. And not, I just believe in, you know, listening to the higher powers or whatever people want to call it. And I'm like the intuition and all that, it, it points you in the direction of where you are supposed to be going and living in your purpose. And I feel that when you live in your purpose and you walk in your purpose, nothing can take that away from you. Everybody feels it. They see it. The ones who are supposed to be a part of it will. And, you know, you just get to do something bigger than yourself. So was that the, I guess, the beginning then of like, you know, putting down, I imagine, you know, writing this is me assuming 18 books some of those books have to be you know about your transformation or at least hinting at it oh it's directly all of the 18 okay. books come out of my life so that story and all the story before that is in the book tightrope of depression okay. my journey from darkness despair and death the mm -hmm. light love and life i wrote an album of music with 11 songs telling stories from that mm -hmm. time and it up to and including all the details that I didn't even have time to tell mm -hmm. about that, uh, about that tremendous transition. So yes, I wrote that book and all the books that I have written have come from, from that, my own need, my mm -hmm. own need. So one of the books I wrote is a book called forgiveness, mm -hmm. which was a big deal for me. I had to learn to forgive others mm -hmm. myself. I needed tons of forgiveness because of mistakes that I'd made and things that I had, you know, done poorly in my life. I mean, boatloads mm -hmm. and forgiveness, like every person breathing air screws mm -hmm. up. So yes. you can, you can fix it as best you can, and then you can let it go mm -hmm. or you can hate yourself forever. And mm -hmm. if you, if you maintain anger toward others or toward yourself, all that you do mm -hmm. is carry extra rocks in your backpack that mm -hmm. prevent you from adding good to the world mm -hmm. the way that you could mm -hmm. right here, right now. Yeah. And I needed that. So then I wrote a book about forgiveness, about, you know, things that I had learned and so forth. So all of the books have come out of my own heart, my mm -hmm. own journey, my own blood on the floor and all mm -hmm. of it. I love it. So I love the fact that you have these questions that, you know, you're really available to answer right <laughs> given moments 
their first one is the one that really struck uh that stood out to me how can i make money doing what i love because there's a lot of people in this world who want to make money doing what they love but they're not in that position thank you for asking that question and i'm gonna get really serious for a moment often i'm flamboyant and make a lot of noise but I want to get really serious about this for a minute. Mm -hmm. I'm whoever you are, you have three things. Mm -hmm. And one of them is your existing set of skills, whether your skills are as a pizza delivery person mm -hmm. or an architect, or you're a plumber or a lawyer. It doesn't matter. You've learned a set of skills in your life that you have sold in the marketplace. And that's how you make money. That's fine. Mm -hmm. 75 plus percent of people have jobs that they don't really like. They're not fulfilling. They mm -hmm. don't feel like they're doing something that matters, but they are selling a skill in the marketplace to make money. Mm -hmm. So remember that that's one thing that you have, but it's only one. Another thing that you have is you have a set of gifts, things that are easy for you. I call them divine gifts, natural gifts, call them what you want. Mm -hmm. Some people, for example, are blessed with things that we know, artistic gifts, music, art, whatever. But there are tons of others. Your ability to listen, your mm -hmm. ability to distill the important things out of a mess of stuff, the ability to communicate well, the ability to be confident as opposed to fearful. You know, there's a thousand of those, I call them divine gifts, but whatever they are, they're the things we brought with us before we came. So you have that pile of stuff too. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people mix those and they use their divine gifts with skills that they've learned. And guess what? When they do that, they have something more powerful to offer, something more valuable to offer in the world. But often people treat them separately. Mm -hmm. I was, uh, I had a, on my LA talk radio show that you referred to last night, mm -hmm. I interviewed a person who runs a, a community called Smashing the Plateau, and he's got a couple of podcasts and mm -hmm. helps what he calls corporate refugees. I was listening that are trying to, to get out of it. Yeah. So, and he <laughs> talked about his own gifts and mm -hmm. how he downplayed them because he didn't think they were that big of a deal precisely because they came easy to him. Mm -hmm. So that's the second thing you have. The third thing you have is you have your life experience. Mm -hmm. And that is the basket in which all of those other things, your skills and your gifts, have sort of unfolded. Now, if you think of, you know, we think of DNA as that double helix, right? Mm -hmm. If you think of your life purpose, and you, you know, your question is, how do you make money doing this? I'm going to tell you right now. If you look at those three strands of your purpose DNA, your existing skills, the gifts that you have, and what you've learned from your life experience, and you intentionally weave those together, mm -hmm. you will be able to find that feeling of purpose, the thing that you can offer to the world that will let you make the most money, mm -hmm. more than just the skills alone that you offer. For mm -hmm. obvious reasons, it's more valuable, it's more enjoyable for you, it pulls right out of your heart and soul, all of those things. What happens is most people just start with the idea, I'm going to make money doing what I love, but they don't put in the work to figure out what would that actually look like? Mm -hmm. What would a product look like doing what I love? What is what I love? Who would need it? How could I help somebody? So here's what I do. I had that big, long career, but I don't do anything in that career anymore the energy industry. Mm -hmm. Since I left 16 years ago, I have a couple of speaking gigs and a couple of things, but very, very minimal. And so it has not factored in. But skills that I learned in the executive roles I had was leadership. Mm -hmm. I learned leadership. I learned how to speak. I learned how to get organ organized things, et cetera, et cetera. Natural gifts I have. You know what my one of my best natural gifts is? My voice. Yeah, I was going to say storytelling. <laughs> I have a powerful voice. I know that. So I use my voice. Mm -hmm. I use the skills I learned in my life experience, depression, addictions, divine interventions, but saying yes 
and the path and the failures that have come and molded that together into an offering as a beacon of light, a vessel of love and a conduit of power Mm -hmm. to encourage others. Also, because I've now written 18, actually number 19 is coming out later this month, Mm-hmm. books i've learned how to write books and so guess what i wrote a book mm-hmm. about writing books a book how to called write the books. story arc mm-hmm. this is how to write a book out of your life story so people that want to learn to do that guess what i i help people write books mm-hmm. but i wouldn't even have imagined number one being an author and two helping other people write books back in the days when i was a big shot executive mm-hmm. never would have crossed my mind And so learning to look critically at those three things, your existing skills, your natural gifts, and your life experience, and figuring out what can I weave out of that and who will it matter to? Because money follows value. Mm -hmm. So what what I do when people come to me with that question is I just dig into their history. What do you know how to do? What do you like to do? Why would you... Why would you do that? If you created some kind of product or service out of that, what would it look like? Who would need that? Who could you, excuse me, who could you help? And we just mm-hmm. dig right in because today with Zoom, with video, with YouTube, with the internet reaching the whole world, there is no reason that you, you, Andreas, but you, mm-hmm. your audience can't make money doing what you want. No reason at all. Yes. Period. You can do I, that. I one one million percent agree with that. <laughs> like I tell people, I, I've actually had this conversation because was I've been podcasting since two thousand and sixteen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been doing it. Thank you uh, for a good little minute, and I, I love it. I love talking to people. I love their stories. I'm actually working on a couple more projects. So I've gotten. I, I've told people first of all, you start podcasting. Podcasting is cool. But now it's in the realms of production and you can produce and create whatever you want to create. So now I'm creating more shows and stuff. Like I have a new show. I, I have a couple of them. One of them is called the ugly side of entrepreneurship. And I'm going into season two. I've already filmed season one, put out about three episodes. I got to edit the rest of them, put those out. And now I'm starting on season two and I want to show the ugly side of entrepreneurship because a lot of shows you know, they talk about entrepreneurship, you know, entrepreneurship, you know, 10 years ago was a dirty word. <laughs> right. But they, uh, you know, they, they sell the fruit and they don't show how the fruit is made. I'm like a lemon tree an apple tree, whatever the case may be. They always show you the end product. They don't show you all what you have to go through to get to that particular point. And like you said, when you're using your skill set, when you're using your gifts, when you're using your experiences and you're weaving them all together and you produce something of value. So I wanted to like explore those topics because I got tired of Shark Tank. I got tired of uh, the profit always showing like successes, 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 but never really showing in the leg work and the groundwork that you have to put in. The other show is I went to uh, a show called, uh, I'm working on, it's called uh, Hometown Heroes. I want to show ordinary people doing extraordinary things and let that uh, resonate with everyone. So as now I'm in the whole production side It's more than just podcasting is production and creating stuff and also providing a platform where people can be seen and things out of nature. And it's, it's just amazing how building something with an idea and then you expand upon it and it comes to fruition and it turns out something bigger than you even imagine yourself. So I'm loving it. Um, the uh, Going back to the conversation we was having. So you talk about the gifts. You talk about experiences and stuff like that. But what if people don't know what their t- gifts and talents are? How do they find their gifts and talents? Well, you got to get maybe you need some help. But here are things you can do. Mm-hmm. One, you look to things that you enjoy doing. Like, what do you really like doing? Mm-hmm. Why? And why do you, what do you do with it? Do you do whatever it is you like doing, just sitting in a corner and folding paper, and mm-hmm. then you throw it away? So I like folding paper and throwing it away. Mm-hmm. Well, it might be difficult to turn that into a business, unless the paper is really interesting, or unless there are other people that want to learn to fold paper origami you know Mm -hmm. the way you do or 
you know, grow a garden. I know mm -hmm. a lady who had a podcast and made a living about the topic of astral projection. Mm. Now, astral projection, whether you believe in that stuff or not, or about spiritual journeys of the astral body and the astral plane, and mm -hmm. all kinds of crazy stuff. Listen, if somebody can make a living with a podcast about astral projection, mm -hmm. then I don't care what you do. You can figure out a way mm -hmm. to create a product that somebody else wants mm -hmm. and needs. I have seen people do stuff with motivational things, with music. Mm -hmm. with uh, writing, mm -hmm. with speaking, with teaching, with uh, eBay, had teach people how to sell stuff on eBay, how to do. Uh, my wife was an eBay, longtime eBay person before we were together. And she created a course on getting started on eBay and other online platforms. And that came out of her love of antiques. And then she got these antiques and said, what do I do? And then she opened an antique stall. And she thought, well, I'd like to do some of the smaller ones that I can ship larger distance because we've got the internet. And so it's just a question of identifying possibilities. So mm -hmm. you want to find your gifts? What do you know how to do? What do you like to do? Who needs that skill output? Who needs that? Mm-hmm. And then you go about regular marketing things that every company does. How do I find people that need it? How do I get my product or service in front of them? You know, how do I package it? How do I price it? Mm -hmm. All of those kind of things. But it's no different than growing corn in your backyard. Mm -hmm. It's just that we know, oh, well, you do that and you take it to the farmer's market. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, you know, craft markets have been doing this stuff for years. Only now... You have the ability to sell it all over the world. Mm -hmm. When the Ukrainian war started two years ago, my wife is, her maiden name is Bondarenko, so she's Ukrainian, mm -hmm. so that was a front and center thing for us. She started buying things from artists in Ukraine, even mm -hmm. though she knew that we'd never get them just because she was trying to donate a little bit of mm -hmm. help and, and money after that conflict started. So you know, someone that tells me I don't know how to do this Here's what I say. When your want to gets big enough, mm -hmm. how to will pop up everywhere. Mm -hmm. I love it. So you have a successful coach business. You're worldwide, which is phenomenal. There's a lot of, you know, coaching businesses popping up and stuff like that. How do people find coaching clients? So you have to, I have a... <clears throat> Um, I'll tell you, here's an offering. I, when I started coaching, mm -hmm. after I left the energy industry in 2007, 2008, I didn't know what I was going to do. It didn't automatically happen. Uh, I started writing. I wrote about meditation because it was one of the tools that helped me with my struggle with depression. Mm -hmm. So the first books I wrote were a five-volume series on meditation. And then I created a meditation course and I like music. So I created some meditation music. Mm -hmm. and the first thing I sold online was a meditation course. And then I realized, okay, I can help people learn to do this. And then I realized, oh, well, I've been an executive. I used to tell people what to do. And I really enjoyed mentoring uh, people that worked for me. Gee, I guess that's coaching. And as a consultant, I'd done really, really difficult things. I got called into really... I power a lot of money, high pressure situations. So I thought, I know how to help people do hard stuff. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy these other things, meditation, mindset work. Well, why don't I do that? What is that? I think that's coaching. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I went and, you know, did some coaching stuff, coaching school, whatever. Mm -hmm. But finding clients was a whole different thing. So how do you find clients? Almost every coach that I know hates marketing, hates selling, hates the idea of enrolling clients mm -hmm. because they don't know how and they feel squishy. And as soon as the conversation of money and closing the client comes up, they collapse energetically mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it gets squirmy. So after, and I did that too. When I first started coaching, I was terrible at enrolling clients. Horrible. Mm -hmm. I ruined a million conversations. Mm -hmm. And I thought I can never do this. I'm never going to do this. It's never going to work. I suck. And then guess what? They hired coaches who were successful. Show me how you do this. Help me. What, what am I saying that drives people away? What am I doing that feels so squirmy? Why do I hate this conversation part? 
Well, I had been an introvert all my life. I'd struggled with literally that depression. I'm not good enough. So I never wanted to talk to anybody. I thought, you know, they don't really want to talk to me. Mm -hmm. Right. And if I'm trying to sell something, it's going to be feel pushy. Mm -hmm. I had to get rid of all of that. I had a ton, excuse me, a ton of that to unlearn. Mm -hmm. And so as I did, and I put in the work, I realized, damn, I'm gotten really, really good at this. Mm -hmm. So then I thought, how can I help other coaches who are struggling? So then guess what? I created a product. And the 15th of January in two weeks, I'm running a challenge and it's called love them, coach them, sign them. Mm-hmm. And it's a five day challenge. And that's the website, lovecoachsignum.com. And it's free. Well, $17, almost free. But the whole point of it is I have now created a system to teach coaches where to go, how to get into conversations, how to nurture a relationship how to understand when it's time to introduce the idea of a professional relationship, which is, you know, a client-based relationship, and how to have the conversation around money and payment in a way that's not squirmy or squishy at all. But I didn't know how to do that. In fact, I sucked at it. Mm -hmm. And so over the work, so there's four steps in the client-getting process. And I can tell you what four steps are, but there's a whole course on it. One is go where they are. Two, learn how to make first contact in a way that's not offensive. Three, learn how to nurture a relationship over time and distance, no matter where it is. And then four, learn how to close the deal. So those are four easy steps. Go where they are, make first contact, nurture the relationship, close the deal. And so I can tell you the four steps, but it doesn't mean anything unless someone sits with me. And so if any coaches hear this, hey. On the 15th, come join my love coach sign thing and learn the secrets. And it's not that I'm withholding right now. I don't have time mm-hmm. to, to walk through what I'm going to do for those five days. But the answer to your question is get to work, mm-hmm. get the help you need, and do the homework, and mm-hmm. you can learn anything you want to learn. I love it. I love it. Do you, uh, so with you writing so many books, Right. Did you write them all within a short time span or what was the frequency of them? The first five meditation books I wrote as a set Mm -hmm. uh, because I wanted to teach meditation. And then the other four, that was the first one, meditation, the amazing journey within. And then the other four were about different topics. So meditation and how to use it with prosperity, how to use it with physical well-being, how to use it with spirituality, you know, that kind of thing. And so that was a four or five volume set. Then after that, I started on my own story and wrote Tightrope of Depression because I felt like it needed to be told. And then uh, I wrote, I started writing books on, uh, let's see, what was the second one? Oh, I wrote a a business book called The Results Equation. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Results Equation came from stuff that I'd learned in my 30 years as a hotshot consultant about how to set powerful, difficult, high-powered goals and make them happen. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, you know, I did that. I didn't realize it at the time, but I got the kind of consulting gigs I got because I had a reputation for somebody that knew how to get really tough stuff done. But I had never put that into a system. So I thought, how can I put that in a thing that will allow people to use it? Mm -hmm. So then I wrote the results equation, and then I wrote the sequel to... Um, tightrope called Down from the Gallows and I hadn't really intended to write other than one book about my own story but as soon as I got done I realized oh crap there's more to the story so I wrote volume two mm-hmm. and I wrote 11 songs telling stories about that and then I had the near-death experience in June of 2018 I contracted a fatal illness and died and had three conversations with God at the door mm-hmm. between life and eternity And so your question was, did that change anything? Yes, it affirmed what I was doing. It Mm -hmm. gave me new insights and strength and courage. It helped me set audacious goals. It helped me eliminate all fear from my life. Mm -hmm. And so then I wrote a book called uh, Walking Without Fear Mm. because I learned about that. 
but these all came from my own learnings and my willingness to share them. And then somewhere in there, I realized, dang, I have a good system for writing books. So then I wrote the story arc mm -hmm. to help other people who want to write their stories do that. And so all of it, every book, every coaching thing that I've learned have come mm -hmm. from my own experience, mm -hmm. my existing skills, mm -hmm. my natural gifts, and my life experience woven together specifically with the question, who could I help with this? Mm -hmm. And how can I put it together mm -hmm. in a way that I can offer it to them for sale mm -hmm. so that I can make a business out of it? Do your books uh, sell one another at this particular point since, they're, since you have like a catalog now? Yes, they do. I refer in the books to other things. So the book, um, meeting God at the door, which wrote, which was about those three conversations with God. Mm -hmm. um, I talk in there about other books that I've written. And I say, you know, I can't tell you all the pieces of this. Uh, I talk about something called the liberation event. Well, the liberation event is really what spawned this book, Walking Without Fear. And so I'll talk about one book and the other one, mm -hmm. not because I couldn't write them all, but then it would be really fat. And so it's mm -hmm. like, Okay, if you want more details on that particular thing, mm -hmm. go over here, mm -hmm. you know, check all that kind of stuff out. So absolutely, they sell one another and they sell courses. Mm -hmm. Like I have a course that I've created for walking without fear. I have a course that I've created about how to create time because for entrepreneurs, one of the busiest, biz worst things is I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. So guess what? I know how to create time. So I wrote a, created a course called Creating Time for Productivity and Joy. Mm -hmm. But it came out of my own experience doing just what we've been talking about here. Mm -hmm. Have you uh, gotten to the point to where, like, you've uh, talked about your journey and you have all this experience and knowledge and skill set and gifts. And, you know, people watch you and they observe. Have you gotten to the point where they've come up to you and be like, you know what, you've inspired me to go and living my purpose now and gave you their testimony about how you inspired them. Yeah. All the time. Uh, I, uh, I had a message from an existing client right now and it was 17 minutes long. It was a voice message and mm -hmm. he spent the entire time explaining to me how much he loved me and how important I had been in changing the whole direction and context of his life, mm -hmm. uh, et cetera. So that happens a lot. And it happens often with tears and at a deep depth because mm -hmm. the, the, where I work is not superficial strategies to go do this and you're going to win. Mm -hmm. It is at the core of who you really are mm -hmm. and what you really have inside of you. If you're willing to walk the path. Mm -hmm. mm. I, I love it. I'm, I'm, you have a lot of good uh, jewels and nuggets. I'm going to take from this and be able to make reels and stuff from it is amazing. I've been thoroughly enjoying this as I'm doing it. Um, how is it uh, building something to where you reach like, you know, 75 million? What what does that look like to like a person who has no idea of building a platform that big? Well, it looked like me a year and a half ago. Uh, the year before that, mm -hmm. my, the reason my year starts October 14th, now that you know the story, is it's because it's Joy's birthday. Mm -hmm. So that's why my year starts October 14th. The year before 50 million, I set my first goal. I said, I'm going to reach 10 million people. And I didn't know how I was going to do that either. But what I thought is, well, I'm going to, I have a podcast also, and I've just recorded episode 840. Oof, and I didn't imagine I'd get that far. Well, I didn't know I was mm -hmm. going to get that far. I didn't, I started at the beginning of the pandemic. You know how it started? It started because the first moment mention of the word lockdown in March of 2020 or February, whatever it was, somebody that knew me called my wife, who's my business partner mm -hmm. and, and my life partner and an angel and every possible positive thing I could ever say in the universe. She is mm -hmm. called her and said, does Kellen have a podcast? Because lockdown was starting and they were looking for, I don't know, motivational stuff. I met this guy at a mastermind years mm -hmm. before and we weren't he wasn't a client or anything but he called joy out of the blue and said hey does kellen have a podcast mm -hmm. and she said yes 
and we didn't. And she came downstairs and said, <laughs> I love we have it. a podcast. And so I thought the same question I've been giving you, how sure. can I create something that would serve somebody? And mm -hmm. so I created the name Your Ultimate Life, which is what you're seeing on the screen, Your Ultimate Life. Mm -hmm. And I created a podcast. And to start with, it was 15 minutes every day. And so the numbers added up quickly. And after we got up to about 600, we had too many episodes. And so we slowed down to twice a week and lengthened their half hour now. Mm -hmm. And so that is one way, working on getting that distribution up. Then I thought, I need to be on other people's shows. I need to be on Andreas's show mm -hmm. right here, right now. And I've done this now 400 and something times. Mm. And uh, it's so, and then I've also got a network television show called Creative Save the World. Mm -hmm. LA Talk Radio is a live thing. I do Tuesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Pacific, mm -hmm. latalkradio.com. And that has hundreds of thousands of listeners. And mm -hmm. so I just started adding up the things. But here's the thing the first year, Joy's birthday, 2021 to 2022, I said, I'm going to reach 10 million people. And in about August of that year, which was two months before the end, I was on somebody's show mm -hmm. and we talked for a while. And by the end of the show, he, he this guy was emotional. Mm -hmm. He was just, you know, weeping. And he said, you need a bigger number. And I said, why? And he said, I've been on the phone. I've been on the show with you for an hour and you've changed my life. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to talk to hundreds of people this week. You need a bigger number. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay. And then the year ended. And so I decided 50 mm -hmm. without knowing how to do it, but knowing that I was going to go all in mm -hmm. everywhere I can go, every place I can talk. So mm -hmm. I joined speakers clubs and I reached out to people. And now I've spoken at dozens and dozens of summits. I have an invitation right now. That mm -hmm. came in from a person yesterday that I never heard of before, that was introduced to me by a person the day before that, that I never heard of before mm -hmm. through a Facebook message. Mm -hmm. And they reached out to me because they wanted to sell me something because they saw I was a coach. And so we got to talking and they realized that I didn't need, I didn't even begin to need what they had because my coaching business is already XYZ. But he said, mm -hmm. you know, I know somebody I can introduce you to. And she has a summit that's going to happen later in January. Mm -hmm. And she's going to have a 150,000 person audience. Okay, so he introduced me to her. I connected. I have a conversation with her tomorrow morning about being a slot on her summit on the 20th of January, which is two weeks from today. That mm -hmm. happened in the space of a dozen days. Mm. From meeting him to being on a summit in front of 150,000 people. So say yes to the intuition, say yes to the nudges. So my answer is I'm going to go everywhere and be everywhere I need to be so that I can be in front of 250 million people to tell you how great you are, to tell you how possible it is to do what you want to do, to tell mm -hmm. you to quit feeding yourself the lies of, I don't know how I can't do this and I'm not worth it because mm -hmm. that's a bunch of crap. And it's mm -hmm. only true as long as you let it be true. Mm. Mm. I'm loving this. Does that tell you? Does that answer your question? Yes, it, it does. Just, I mean, this happened in the last three days. And there's another hundred and fifty thousand. Uh huh. I love it. Um, I'm, I'm so glad I was able to. I'm so glad uh, that I got your message on Podmatch. Um, because I've been wanting to, you know, have more people like yourself. Because um, I speak a lot into people, and I tell them to just go out there and just do it. And don't worry about everything else. And that's what you're, that's what you're saying. Just go out there and just do it. And All I've been doing it. Good. I have 88 songs on Spotify. So yes. I get a little money from that. And I have 18 mm -hmm. books on Amazon and I get money mm -hmm. from that. And people see that and they say, well, can you come speak for us? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A little, little, two people, 10 people, 50 mm -hmm. people, 150,000 people. Mm -hmm. So yes, it. that's how you do it. There's no magic. It doesn't come in an Amazon box. There's no mm -hmm. Harry Potter wand. You just go do it and you don't. Picasso, the great painter, mm -hmm. uh, during his lifetime, there were a lot of critics who said his stuff was garbage, this, that, and the other. And you know what he said? He said, I paint it and then I let the critics worry about whatever they worry about. I'm busy painting the next one. Mm -hmm. I love it. Okay, I know you're a busy man. 
I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. <laughs> I can't wait to put this out. Um, I'll, I'm gonna definitely send you the edited version as well. You can do with what you want to with it, with the reels and all that stuff. I'll I even create those too and send those as well. But thank oh, you bless for your heart. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I do it anyway because I release them. So why not just send it and you know they use it, they use it. If you know they don't, they don't. But you bet your life will use it. <laughs> I love it. I just love all these moments you're giving me. But thank you, though. Uh, everybody out there, I guess you, if they want uh, to learn more about you, things of that nature, you want them directed to yourultimatelife.ca. At yourultimatelife.ca, there's a free gift, and it's called Five Master Keys to Creating Your Ultimate Life. I have a website, which is my name, and you have a weird name like Kellen Flukiger. It wasn't hard to get my website.com, right? <laughs> I bet you it was not. Yeah, so I paid two bucks, right? And other people, you know, I'd have to pay a lot for their name, but I don't. Mm -hmm. So I am on socials. Uh, I put out live videos every day. Why? So that I can reach more people. I put out all kinds of stuff. I've got a Facebook page called Kellen Flukiger Books. And guess what? I'm narrating books, my mm. books on there. So I just put a chapter up from a book called The Book of Context. Mm -hmm. which is a companion book to this book about that I, that happened when I died. It's mm -hmm. about how to change beliefs mm -hmm. and, and stuff like that. And so I'm all over the place. The only thing you do have to do is spell my name, right? Yeah, I definitely, uh, I love it. Well, thank you, Kellen. I appreciate your time. Y'all make sure y'all go out there and y'all support, um, all the people that bring to a platform. Um, uh, I'm loving this. I've, I've thoroughly have enjoyed this conversation that we've had, and I would love to have one in the future. By all means, please. Uh, and I'm grateful. Again, I said it to start with, and I want you to include this in the episode. I honor you and your heart. I honor your work. I honor your love and passion in making a choice to add good to the world instead of complaining. Mm -hmm. And to listen to your own intuition and voices. Bless your heart. And I say to you, there's no limit to what you can do. I appreciate that, Kevin. 